I look in Vienna and I look around myself. It's a modern city, it's a really large middle class, people are living a very good life. But I look around and there's nothing really to build. Like, are you gonna make a new restaurant that is maybe 50% better? Are you gonna make a different clothing store that is 30% more vegan? There's not really a lot of space to innovate, a lot of space to do cool stuff. But if I go back to, for example, Serbia in Belgrade, a country that is definitely in development much, much lower than Vienna, you see how much opportunity and how much space to just build stuff. And that for me is a relation of Web 2 and Web 3. Welcome ladies and gentlemen. Today we'll talk about one of the 0.1% top communities in the Web 3 space. And to start I want to quote the founder that said, we tried some shit, we learned some shit, and now we're trying some new shit. So who are we talking about today, Tugan? Frank Digod, again. Again, he's back. So he's since the we changed our format a bit of saying we're going to produce content for founders, for people that want to build or thinking about building, want to use the bear market to position themselves in a spot to have a 99% likelihood to become a millionaire whenever the volume picks up again. We're going to use our time to connect, have some fun, and look what other projects are doing to make them successful. So... Um, I'm going to start with a short breakdown of what Deagles is, what they did in the past, and then we can talk about how they built such an amazing community. Sounds right. good, Tugan? Yeah, that's nice. Go. So Deagles launched with the worst possibly imaginable experience, and that was a mint that sold out, you know, in seconds with an army of bots. And they sold for around 450 USD, seven seconds, and they got so much fat. So the main person that is that is, let's say, the guru or the hero of D-Gods is Frank D-Gods. And they minted out and they got a lot of FATs. Um, so what is the main thing or what is your experience with FAT Tugan and how to handle that as a founder? <clears throat> yeah. Um, FAT is part of the job. It's not easy to deal with um, because um, you are facing a crowd of, very emotional and irrational people often. Um, I think the best way to, to, to deal with a fad is really to confront people. Mm -hmm. Like if you have to, you go on a Discord AMA or like, you know, a Twitter space and you just tell the first, okay, guys, come here, come here, come to daddy. Just come face to face. I mean, without showing your face if you don't want to, but you know, come face to face and just tell me what you have to say. Just like, you know, act, act like a man. And actually just by doing this, or the people in the community who are like, you know, not in the fear, but more in the uncertainty. They're like, okay, you know, he's here for real. He cares about the project. He, there's a leader because people, needs a lead, people need a leader. And if you're like confronting people, it's what a leader would do. It's not, it's not something that people would do like automatically because if you, I mean, for my first FUDs, I had no idea what to do. So when you have no idea what to do, you don't do much. When you don't do much, the FUD is just going bigger and bigger and bigger. So, you know, um, at the beginning, you have like this kind of uncertainty, and then you have like this FUD, and then you have like this absolute shitstorm. So at the uncertainty stage, you need to confront people. You need to be super tough. If you need to insult people, you insult people. Banning people is not that efficient because they would just gather somewhere else. So you need to just like face them, yell on them, confront them. Of course, you need to have like real arguments about you know, what you're building, what you're doing, what you're here. If you have no idea what you're doing, at least be transparent about it and say, you know what, we, we're all transparent about the fact that we have no idea what we're doing, so we're doing this together. So, you know, mm. uh, if you have a problem with this, you can just sell your NFT or sell your token and just leave. It's fine. Um, but I think you need to be violent, not physically violent, not psychologically violent, but like, you know, in the intensity, 
uh, against the fitters. Yeah, um, I tell I want to yeah. I want to tell a story about this. So I was once advising on an NFT project, and the, you could use the NFTs to stake them and then get a yield that um, also had a liquidity pool of a token. And yeah. we kind of realized that the yield of the NFT that we initially set was too high. So I wrote an announcement and I said, hey, guys, you know, uh, we did the math. And because of the long term prosperity, we're going to push new stuff. But in order for the new stuff to work, we're going to reduce the yield of the old stuff, which was the main yeah. collection. And people went mad, 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 mad. So within half an hour, the floor price of the collection dropped by 80 percent. And I was like, OK, oh. guys. Let's just figure this out together, right? Let's just figure this out. Me, me as an advisor, as one of the people, we're going to figure it out, hop on an AMA and talk it out. And I went on this AMA and I got absolutely wrecked. Left, wrecked, left and right. And I was on this AMA and I was like, okay, guys, this is horrible. This is not going to work. I'm going to listen to the community, not follow what uh, the founding team came up with. And we're going to do whatever you guys think is best. And it turns out that the moment that you, as the community leader, give in or stop following your path, your vision, people stop trusting you. Because yeah. they feel that the leader themselves is not strong enough. So like what, what Frank D. got said and what, what you also said as well, is you need to be strong. You need to fuck the fathers. You need to be out there fighting them. Hand by hand. And I think the main thing that we can learn from the gods is over time they did so much and they did so much wrong as well. They had so many mistakes from the reveal of the youth collection, from the original mint, from the bridging and all the delays that they had. But they didn't care. They just kept on building and they were yeah. opposing themselves against the fathers. Yeah, regarding the fathers, it's something that I realized very recently. And if you're a founder in Web3, you have to understand this notion. This notion is the SBCT, Soy Boy Crypto Twitter. And it's actually quite important. So you have a bunch of humans, and it's very, very, what I'm going to say is super important. You have a bunch of humans. They are going to put like a few hundred bucks or more or less, whatever, in a, in a token, in an NFT. And then suddenly, this token will become their sole and only vehicle for prosperity, social recognition, Lambo, uh, being like, you know, the alpha dog in town, having the respect, the pussies, uh, being able to tell everyone, ha, I told you so, hmm, you didn't believe in me, no, I have the Lambo and the pussy. And, and, but, I mean, it's fine to have this as an ambition, you know, I have nothing, pro I have no problem with this, I mean, if, if it's what's important for you, then why not? But the problem is the sole and only vehicle to achieve this hope and dreams and desire is a token that you don't control, that you have no influence on, that is just doing like ups and down and ups and down and ups and down like every single day. And in the meantime, they don't do anything in their life. They don't go to gym. They don't work to, you know, create things, to launch a business or to get, you know, a better pay or uh, just to, 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 like, to have a better job or something like this or a better position in their company. No, no, no. They don't do any of this. They just, you know, I have this few hundred bucks in this whatever shit coin or NFT. This is going to make me millions. Why should I care about you know, working like a little bit harder to get a raise? Why should I do this? Why should I go to gym? Because, you know, when I will have all the money, women will come to me anyway, which is, by the way, not true, but they believe this. And then, you know, you have these people who are completely emotionally uh, fucked up, 
who are taking zero responsibility for anything in their life, because they transfer the responsibility to an experimental project in a very like glitchy technology. Mm. And then, you know, of course, they get like super angry, super excited, super whatever. And all this FOMO and third dynamic is led by people like this. And you know, this kind of people, if you give them a rifle, they would go to a school to shoot everyone. Like they're typically like the psychological profile of someone who with a gun would do this because no responsibility, no work ethic, uh, just like, you know, putting all the faith and dream and desire into something outside their control, outside their reach, and just mm -hmm. hoping that, you know, magically, because maybe they deserve it, I don't know, they will become bigger than us thanks to this. And you have a lot of people like this. Zero responsibility, zero hard work. And these people, they're not even ready to contribute to the project. So, okay, you know, come on board, join us, help us. Join the mods team, do something. Join the marketing team, I don't know, do something. Nah, 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 nah fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You know, yeah, soy boy crypto Twitter. Yeah, I then, think the... That, that's a tweet that I put around, I think, two years ago, that the main thing that is holding Web3 back is the, or like the reason that most people join is the reason that holding it back, and that's short-term financial incentive. And that eventually destroys all projects. For example, what I gave with the, with the AMA that I did and the yield cut that we proposed would have ensured prosperity for the long term. But like a soy boy Twitter guy cannot stand through that process. And it's the responsibility of all the founders that are listening and people that want to build that you have enough strength of character to say, fuck you guys, you don't know what you're talking about. You just want to get a 2x pump and leave the project. But if you're here to build, you need to go through that pain. I want to talk a bit about more about the launch of what, of what DGOTS tried. And I want to hear your opinion about this. So in the beginning, they wanted to fix the paper hand issue. So they introduced a 30.3% tax on users who listed their DGOTS lower than the floor price. And then they would use the tax to sweep the floor and burn the NFTs. And so they came up with 535 DGOTS, which they now treat used to move to BTC. What do you think about taxes for tokens or NFTs in general, Tugan? Um, <clears throat> taxes is a very interesting vehicle to fund a project or to fund a liquidity pool or to fund like marketing mm -hmm. or to uh, um, feed, let's say, a treasury to do stuff. Uh, so taxes are interesting. The problem with tax, uh, I mean, is it's very quite often thought as a defensive move. So like, I'm going to put a very heavy tax so people don't leave the project, so people don't sell. But this is not like, I mean, this is not how you grow. You don't grow by, you know, preventing people to sell or like to taxing or punishing people who want to sell. You grow by having a very strong positive vision and by doing like very concrete and precise action every day. This is how you grow. Mm. So taxes often are thought as a defensive measure And this defensive measure is not helping you grow. People will see the tax and they're going to be like, no, fuck no, I'm not going to invest. I'm not going to buy this stuff because I don't want to get cracked. I don't want to lose 30% when I'm going to sell. So taxes as, as, as a defensive move, as they did, uh, is usually creating a very bad energy and a very bad vibe and not really attracting the right people. Um, so mm. could be an interesting like uh, perpetual funding mechanism. Um, But uh, yeah, As a yeah I think it links back to, to operating from a founder. You have two perspectives you, or as a person, you can operate from weakness or you can operate from strength. Weakness is listening to everything that the community says and doing exactly that, listening to the soy boys. And strength is knowing your vision, knowing your purpose, knowing your path and following that. 
And I think of what you said is like following a tax or introducing, for example, 20% selling tax so nobody sells the token. One, doesn't allow people to come in and trade. Yeah. And two, it also shows that the project itself is not strong enough to follow that vision. Yeah. Like, you know, like re regarding the, the following the community and the FUD, at some point I was in a big mm -hmm. FUD and I was like, you know, guys, we should launch something. It's going to be like the Gotham DAO. And, you know, we're going to follow all the stupidest, irrational ideas of the community and just see where it's going to lead us. I mean, we never like mm. push through, like, and I develop this project, but uh, I, like m maybe there's some like experiment to be done here, just to take the most irrational people and just give them like a voice and maybe give extra voting power, <laughs> just see like how the situation evolve. But yeah. Take some monkeys and let them shoot some darts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to community building mm. and DGods was built by insider shoes. So if we look at DGods on the top of it, without a doubt is Frank and Frank is the community. Frank tweets 20 times per day. Frank is in the Discord the whole day. Frank does Twitter AMAs every day. Frank is the leader and the role model of everybody that is buying DGOD. So I want to I wanna talk a bit about Web2 marketing here as well because I, I see that a DGOD's NFT kind of becomes a vehicle to become that person, to become the hero, to become the leader. And... Um, I see that people that enter the space, they want to be the guy. They want to be like Frank with the black hoodie, with the black sunglasses. What is? What do you think about this this idea of you in Web3 being the founder and also being the role model for the community that you're leading? I think it's it's quite interesting that you point this um, uh, this behavior of people and this like role model and hero and leader and this like uh, inspiration for people. Um, it's what works quite well in web in web two, obviously, or it worked like with just like with humans in general. So, I, I think there's different perspectives. The first perspective is like um, as an individual, like following this live, uh, maybe it should create an urge to develop a following, to develop like a tribe, to build like really a community or an audience around you, around your values, your and uh, like the fight against your enemies, the, the stuff you stand mm -hmm. for. So this is something like I, I used to say that you know if you're a very good marketer, it's an insurance against like you know poverty. But now with ChatGPT and everything, I tend to believe that if you have an audience, if you have a community, if you have a voice, this is like the insurance against poverty. And the and the beautiful thing in Web three is you don't need to show your face. So you know you don't have this like excuse of being like yeah you know I don't want to be a public figure. Like you don't have to. Uh, Web three is very very okay with uh, privacy. Um, the problem is, you know, well, so sorry, not Web 2, but Web 3 is very okay with privacy. Uh, the problem with Web 3 is like the inherent violence and the inherent like irrationality of people. Like if you are the main figure of the project, you're going to be responsible for everything. You're going to have to, to take the blame for everything. And the intensity of the, of the shit people will throw at you is going to be like insane. Uh, even as an advisor, as a developer, or as a contributor to a project, you can get, you can get so wrecked and insulted and threatened and like defamed. So, as a founder, you know, like, if you take the, the, the soy boy crypto Twitter and you are their guru, I mean, this could get you killed, literally. Um, so, yeah. because of the, of the irrationality and, and the inherent, like, violence of the space. So, yeah. it makes sense to build an audience. Uh, it makes sense to, like, be this leader and this, like, figure. But somehow you will have to sooner or later make some very strong adjustment in your life uh, 
mm. in terms of like privacy, uh, protection, uh, physical protection, and stuff like this. I think a person that did this very well though is Alex Becker. So he started with Hyros and he's the guy, you know, the the billion millionaire, billionaire, empty house, sleeping three hours a day, just drinking protein shakes and not eating, and while selling Hyros. And me as a, let's say, mm -hmm. entrepreneur, people that use Hyros, they want to be like Alex Becker. And they want to be then that guy that also builds new Tokyo and uses AI and builds these nine-figure businesses while living in an empty house. I, I think that's the dream. And I want to link back to like Web3 community building and what DGods did there. And the reason that Web3 is such an interesting place is that it's all driven by... I, in my opinion, very interesting, very smart, very, very interesting people. And what D Gods kind of did, or Frank, is they started and they didn't really have a lot of clue of what they wanted to do. They said, we want to build IP and we want to build community. Mm -hmm. And they had the mint and it went horrible. And any founder could have said, yeah, guys, you know, like we minted out, we, we backed some money, everybody's fudding, like we're just going to leave this. But he kept going, innovating, probably building together with the community. And now a couple, like a year, year and a half later, they're, they have a token, which is dust. They have a lot of celebrity attention. They just moved to Bitcoin with the 535. Now they're going to bridge to Ethereum. So it's a, I think it's a perfect case study of iteration, of saying, okay, guys, I'm just going to start with trying stuff. I'm going to start with the community. I'm going to start with experimenting a bit. And eventually, I'm just going to figure shit out. And just by me being there day after day after day after day, while, this is very important for all the good morning Twitter people out there, actually building stuff, yeah. delivering on deadlines, you can really make it far, far away. Yeah, it compounds. It really compounds over time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just writing good morning. Is not, I mean, in the last episode, we saw like the Tugan method about how to contribute and how to be active. Um, but yeah, definitely like the just like actions compounds just like a gm that compounds yeah yeah and relationship compounds yeah. so for example if you go on a ama every day or if you go in your community every day and you're an hour there and you provide value that just compounds yeah. and one year later you're gonna you're gonna realize how far you've come but i think for everybody that is here like listening okay i want to write threads or okay i want to tweet every day like these things don't really compound what compounds is having a community of people that you can show stuff to, that you can surprise, that you can build together with. Yeah. And eventually, a year later, like the, the chances of somebody building a D-Gods 2 in Web3, in my opinion, is just extremely high. I'm going to give an example. So um, right now I live in Serbia and this week I went back to Austria. I'm in Vienna right now. And I look in Vienna and I look around myself. And it's a modern city, it's a really large middle class, people are living a very good life. But I look around and there's nothing really to build. Like, are you going to make a new restaurant that is maybe 50% better? Are you going to make a different clothing store that is 30% more vegan? There's not really a lot of space to innovate, a lot of space to do cool stuff. Most of the stuff has already been done. But if I go back to, for example, Serbia in Belgrade, a country that is definitely in development much, much lower than Vienna, you see how much opportunity and how much space you can do to just build stuff. And that, for me, is a relation of Web 2 and Web 3. 
you can go now into Web3, experiment, connect with people, and if you do that long enough for half a year, your likelihood of success is extremely high. But if you stay in Web2 and you say, you know, I'm just going to build another like e-commerce brand or another dropshipping agency, like you're just going to be the next guy that opens up a restaurant in Vienna. Like it might be fun for half a year, but you're not really have equity or the possibility of making seven, eight, nine figures just by being there in the beginning. Yeah, I think like working in Web2 is not really giving you the opportunity of go exponentially high. Uh, Web3 is giving it to you. Um, so, yeah, the perspective are like the competition, like how many, like, I mean, like how many people, like, you know, if you take Web3, how, like, the people who are like leading Web3 and who are building Web3 and who are making Web3 happen, how many people is it worldwide? Mm. 100, 200? Not counting, like, you know, employees at Coinbase, but like really, you know, founders, uh, developers working on specific stuff. Um, uh, key key marketers, key investors of business angels, key influencers, not chilling bullshit, but like really contributing to the space. How many people? 100, yeah. 200, yeah. what, 300 worldwide? And, you know, you have the fastest growing industry ever that is going to be like tens of trillions of value and it's run by 300 people and, you know, it's relatively easy to have your seat at the table if you just work and do stuff and, and you know, do some action uh, create some network, create some like relationship, create some audience, have a voice, do something, mm. try to be slightly positive sometime. And you can have your seat at the table. You can be like, I mean, it's going to be like not 300, but maybe 500, like in mm. the next like three, four years, but you can be one of these people. Mm. How many billionaires are there in the world? Like thousands, something like this? Okay, mm. you have like 300 people in Web3, you will have maybe thousands of them like in, in, that are going to like decide about everything in this space and lead this space uh, within like these two, three, four, five next years. You can be one of them. Like it's just a no-brainer. It's yeah. just an absolute no-brainer to just mm. like I mean, what we're doing with this podcast is the same thing. We're doing a podcast. We get what three hundred views. Okay, we continue. We compound the stuff, mm. and um, and then it will pay off one day. Yeah. And one day people are going to be to to ask like, okay, uh, I need to I, I need some good people in like Web three like uh, marketing and operations. Who is out there who can do this? Okay, there's these bullshit agencies here and there. But okay, who who has done stuff? Who has proven stuff? Well, you have to get on Apollo. And we're going to be like, you know, we're already in the top 10 worldwide in crypto web three marketing just by being there because there's no one else. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's a no brainer. I think right now is really is really a good moment for people to like lay out opportunities for yourself. And you can say, okay, like what's going on in web two? What's going on in, in macroeconomics? Okay, every every like the U.S. government has been printing a lot of money. The West kind of is dividing itself between very rich, very poor. There's a lot of internal struggle going on. Okay, what kind of bet do I want to make? What kind of position do I want to put myself in for the next five to 10 years? And you can say, okay, internet is going to grow, right? Technology in, in that sense and AI and Web3 is going to grow. What is going to grow in Web2? Like currencies are probably not going to get much more interesting. Governments probably won't be much stronger in the West. So the best bet that anybody can do right now is bet on a decentralized way of currencies or a decentralized way of building. And now you have a space of crypto Twitter or crypto YouTube, like you said, just by us filming for four months, we're in the top 10 in that space. So for anybody that says, you know, I'm just going to be there, provide value besides writing threads 
and posting good morning on Twitter, like your likelihoods of figuring stuff out within one year are just astronomically high. Do it every day for two, three hours, and you're going to see the ways of compounding um, of, or you becoming a millionaire in the next bull run or next two to three years, even without a bull, are just so high. Um, yeah, even without a bull market, yeah. So um, I want to I wanna move on mm -hmm. with D-Gods and I want to talk about their dust token. So okay. they, um, they ha now have two co three collections. They have D-Gods, they have D-Gods Bitcoin, and they have Ute. And Ute was sort of like a second, second collection on top of D-Gods, but they were able to mint it with the dust token. So dust is on Solana um, and it's a government and utility token. I'm going to read the use cases to you. You can win top-tier NFTs every day. You can purchase NFTs in the DAO treasury. You can use your decods to mutate them. And you can also give it back to the DAO treasuries. And based on how rare your NFTs, you earn more, and you can also upgrade to, to make them more. Token, what's your opinion on, on designing tokenomics that make sense together with utility, maybe even in the context of an NFT project? It's not an easy question. Um, because you're like, I mean, you really have to think about the utility and what are, what are going to be the, the mechanics that are going to sustain the value of the token. Because just, okay, it's a governance token, you can vote. Well, I mean, why cannot I just vote with like my NFT? Why do I need an extra token to vote? Um, so, I mean, quite often, like, NFT projects are introducing like a token because they're like, okay, so we need to add something so either we have some baby token or some second, like a baby like NFT or some second NFT or some second generation NFT um, to, like to, you know, to maintain the story and to have a new narrative and something to say. Or is it like, okay, we're going to introduce a token and we can do stuff with a token, but most of the time the token is just going like uh, down super fast. Um, I think in most cases until now it was just like some speculative... Um, opportunity really to add the to add the token or you know with a token you can also like address a market like you can, okay a lot of people won't be able to buy an nft because it's too expensive mm. uh, but maybe they want to be part of the story or maybe they really want to be part of the gamble depending how you see it yeah. and with the with the, with the token that is like of course like liquid and that you can buy with like just one box everyone with one box can just play in this like a big like uh, um, mm. like a game let's say yeah. so uh, it's let's say the token will enable you as a founder to address a larger market, but the token can also create like confusion, can create like a fad. That token can go down much faster than an NFT because NFT is just going down slowly. But you know when the floor is going down, you don't have this chart with these huge red candles. No, so an, an NFT going down uh, is you know it's relatively illiquid and it's going down, but you don't have this uh, like this crash graph. Mm -hmm. Where you just like see like the like the destruction of value, let's say, and uh, so adding a token is not some easy easy stuff to. I mean, it's something that has to be thought through a lot. Yeah. Um, also, from my personal experience, I once advised on a project that had NFT and token, and mm -hmm. NFT together with the token is project management on total crack, because like you said, right now you have two metrics that people are caring getting really yeah. excited about and getting really scared about that's one the nft floor price and two the token price so it can be two assets but two liabilities and if your tokenomics are not super super thought through 
or super stable with very, very low rewards and a big vision that people have. But eventually it's just a casino again, right? That people bet on and gamble on because I would say 90% of people that are in dust are there for the short-term incentive. So yeah. now you have a project of soy boy Twitters, uh, Twitter guys that one want their NFT to 5X and their token to 100X. And there's nothing in between. And you sort of have to mitigate that while delivering a roadmap, a vision that people believe in. I do think it's very interesting for Dust to say, yeah, guys, we don't, like, you can do all of the stuff, which is, like, fun utility, but, like, who really cares? But people have this token because they believe in the IP and the long-term vision. The only thing that I would be, I would be curious about of what how Digos does it, because all of these NFTs, they yield, 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 yield every day. You kind of need to find a mechanism to burn a shit ton of dusts because people bought the NFT and they think for themselves, okay, like what's my APY? I can just stake that NFT, get these tokens, and then obviously I'm going to sell it so I can break even on how much I bought the NFT for. So um, it's a gamble. If you do NFT and token, you got to be a pro. <laughs> you got to figure your stuff out. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's most of the time it's not a good idea to add a token. Yeah, yeah, um, cool. I mean, not to mention like the thing that is right now not clear, but it's like is, the, is adding a yield on an NFT turning your art or your like collectible thing into some financial instrument? So you yeah. also have, can, can have this change of, like the thing people have to understand with, with crypto is whatever you do in Web2 is like, you know, you know, if you do some mistakes, if you do some stuff that is not super ethical, if you're just like a little bit clumsy and you, you just try random stuff and you know, yeah, you're not very pro, but you know, just, you just try stuff. You know, in Web2, it's, it's going to be fine. Like, you know, mm. it's, it's fine. But in crypto, the existence of tokens and NFT is changing the legal nature of your actions. And is this something that wasn't clear at the beginning of the bull market? I know that we see cases of, you know, like people having lawsuits or being arrested for committing like rugs and stuff like this. And uh, then, we, then people start to understand, okay, so, you know, it has, a, uh, it's not the same legal category as doing drop shipping or selling eBooks or trying to do an agency or a small SaaS or whatever. It has a different legal meaning. Uh, that is not clear because it's super, super like, unclear let's say what is what are the rules what are the definition of this product i think there's still like a lot of like debate in the united states especially in the united states about like you know okay what is security what is not a security are nfts or securities are crypto securities at which condition is a crypto um a token a security and and uh, and who is responsible for like law enforcement and regulation is it like the sec is it the cfdt I mean, when someone is just doing a rug and still, like, you know, doing a mint and closing the website the same evening, it's relatively easy, you know, to say that it was something bad. But, mm. you know, you know, let's say your project has, it's going up, it's pumped, then it's going down, like dump, you know, even if you don't dump, and if, even if you don't cause this crash, but it's going to be the pump and a dump. And, you know, then it's a failed project. You know, is a failed project a rug? Because for the Soyboy Crypto Twitter, a failed project is a rug. Um, and for the SEC, is a failed project going to be a rug? So if you still made some money, but the project at the end of the day just crashed and no one is interested anymore about it. So um, I, I would say like giving like the very complex nature of things and the big uncertainty uh, around the field, adding in more tokens, adding more mechanism, adding more like yield and stuff is not necessarily like good, a good idea. Focusing yeah. on community, focusing on platform, focusing on tech, 
I would recommend for people to focus on projects with like, you know, protocols, platform, tech, um, marketplaces, whatever, with some real technology behind, some real use cases behind to really be super strong on the, okay, you know, we're just building like some real tech. It's not just some yeah. financial instrument. Yeah. Because it's not 2021 anymore or 2020 where it was like, oh, you know, whatever, YOLO. Now it's getting more like complicated. Yeah. Yeah. To round off, I wanna I wanna try to break down what it takes to build an NFT project that relies heavily on IP, like mm -hmm. the gods did it. So it all starts with the founder, Frank, being there all day, representing the vision and the core beliefs of what the community is about. And like they said, they tried some shit, they messed some shit up, and now they're gonna try more shit. It all starts with the founder or the CEO being really willing to iterate, to learn, to do things over and over and over again. And then what they did is they tried all the things that were hot in the market. They just tried. Most of them didn't work. The mint didn't work. The reveal didn't work. The art didn't work. The taxes didn't work. So many things didn't work, but they just kept going and they compounded just by being there day after day after day after day. And that together with some, I would say, okay utility, but really, really strong community and really, really strong IP eventually resulted in the top 0.1%. And I think everybody that is listening, either somebody that wants to start a project or that is running one, you can already make so much progress with what you're building just by being in your community, learning from the people that are around you and really figuring out like, what is the community that I want to build? Who are the people that I want to surround myself with? And how can I be that person that also people want to follow? And even Frank, he wasn't doxxed for two years. So he just doxxed himself recently. And I think uh, DGODS is a great case study of just what is Web3. is is a lot of fun. Um, and you can make it a far, far way just by experimenting being there. And like in, in Sarajevo or in Belgrade, just by being early and by being willing to maybe go down a road that not so many people walk down before you. Yeah. Cool. Um, to, to round off this episode, let's look at some startups, Tugan. What do you mm -hmm. think? Let's, let's, talk, let's start with Gamma App. Or I'm just going to share my whole window. Screw okay. it. Um, Gamma App, a new medium for presenting ideas powered by AI. Just start writing beautiful, engaging content with none of the formatting and design word. Okay, I think, first of all, that's the most complicated headline I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> Maybe they could work a bit with, with some copywriting tools. What do you think? Um, okay, so how I mean, does this is work? It, I mean, it's, it's already a copywriting tool, no? Go from notes to an initial template in under a minute with under... Yeah. A template of what? No, you have an idea, you put it in there, and it gives you with a draft and I think some images here. I mean, the fact of mixing images, like image generation with AI and text generation with AI together is quite nice mm -hmm. uh, or worth exploring. Then how the product truly works and do this, this I don't know. Yeah, you know, the, the reason why I don't prepare for these startups is I just want to yeah. see how well people can explain their ideas to us. And yeah. like what we were just seeing, that 90% of the websites that we check, like we just don't really know what this is about, right? <laughs> yeah. Just start writing. Okay, what? <laughs> what are we going to write? <laughs> and, and, and like, who is it for? Like, who, who is the avatar? 
it's super. It's not obvious like who is the avatar, like who is going to like to engage with this product. Yeah. It's just totally not clear. I mean, there's a lot of cool animations going on and some nice. nice I mean, the page. I mean, like the, the UI is super nice. I mean, yeah. good. But you know, if you don't understand what it's about, it's not really helping to have a nice UI. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I don't get it. But I think it's a, you can upload slides and they give you different feel, or you can give drafts. It's like a slide deck creator. Anyhow, okay. let's move to the next one. Crisp, the world's only bot-free AI meeting assistant. So you're going to integrate this with, I think, Zoom and meetings, and then you can transcribe it, and then you can make summaries and notes, and then you can share it. Maybe to save time one. within your organization. Another one. You know, no, is it, how many of these projects have have we like already saw like this AI assistant, meeting mm -hmm. assistant? Yeah. You know, the thing is also, imagine like you're building Crisp and I think the only thing that you're betting on is that either Zoom or Microsoft Meet or Slack is just going to buy you because they don't want to go through the hassle of developing it yourself. But at some point, one of these bigger players that you depend on is just going to build this stuff themselves, right? Because it's a better value I'm, 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 I mean, like, you know, If Crisp could build this in two weeks, I think Zoom can do this in, three, in, in four days, you know? Yeah. So... So also like, is it really worth to try to do a business like this? That yeah. Super competitive. Everyone is, has been on it for years. Everyone is doing it right now with GPT. And you're not building your own technology. You're just using an API. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the only interesting stuff, the only interesting move you could do with very small SaaS like this is to increase your personal brand. Hey, it's Chris by, yeah. you know, whatever, my name. And then people say, oh, okay, who is this guy? Oh, he's creating nice stuff, so I'm going to follow him because I'm, he's creating shit. I like people who, who are creating shit, so I'm going to follow yeah. him. Then yeah. you can have this kind of, kind of a built-in public and this kind of following, mm -hmm. and you can like leverage it. So having, a, let's say, a, a semi-bullshit product could be interesting if you want to leverage your personal brand. You yeah. ship something super fast, yeah. you ship in public, and you build a following. That would make sense. Yeah. In you this context, it makes sense. You pull a Frank and you say, we're just going to try some shit together, let's go. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, glue build teams that stick together. Building okay. relationships is the harder part of distributed work. Don't leave it to change. Okay, um, that's something for autists who are trying to make friends, or <laughs> I think that's for people that manage people but don't like managing people, so they think they can skip it with an AI. <laughs> Where people, people, it's, it's like, yeah, you know, like I'm a sociopath, I hate my employees, <laughs> uh, I hate them so much. So I'm going to let data science just gather data about them. By the way, super nice for the privacy. And so I'm going to gather data about like uh, analyze, you know, maybe the, the conversations of my employees to see like, you know, how they can like me. Um, I mean, I'm not really, I'm not really like a good employee and, and like, uh, I'm not very good like, to, in managing like a team. So, you know, I don't want to make like stupid jokes, but it feels like a stupid joke. Sense of belonging is dropping. <laughs> Maybe Amir and Lemino are watching. How how is your sense of belonging, guys? Can we try this with you? Make the most out of your moral budget. I mean, is it a parody or? <laughs> Maybe you I mean, can also do this with your personal relationships with your friends. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, hey I mean, guys, like I just want to do a weekly check in on our friendship. Like, what's your engagement? What's your likelihood to stick through this? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it would. I mean, it makes sense to have a tool like this 
to like let's say manage a community you have like your know, discord uh, like twitter or whatever and you have like people in a different place and you want to see like who is really engaged with your project who is really like answering who's really like retweeting who's really like using hashtags and then you can identify like you know key member of the community to like really like you know celebrate them this i would understand the strategy here if you have a community with hundreds or thousands of people and you really want to celebrate people who are like hardcore fans this yeah. would, this could make sense if you have a huge community um for, for companies like really 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 like yeah i tried it with my with my <laughs> friends make in relationships of your moral budget what the fuck is a moral budget <laughs> that's why big tech and web 2 has to die if you have a company where you send your employees surveys instead of just talking to them to and measure the their connection the health moral budget <laughs> next one compo i build web throw 100 times faster discover the ai component driven platform that gives you the freedom to create design and manage develop your web presence exactly the way you want yeah that's cool i like this um this is text input to webflow so let's say build me a website about um interior design agency boom build me a website about web3 da, 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 da. and then this you is get good it. yeah this is nice um, AI. Yeah, this is very cool. Um, I really like this, especially because one, it's going to make the life of Webflow developers easier. I think this also is a very likelihood of, for example, Webflow saying, yeah, guys, we're just going to buy you. I don't think, I think it's a smart way of saying you're going to focus on very niche and very small platforms, maybe like Webflow and say, okay, you're going to go super, super niche. You're only going to work, design this AI for web three startups that want to build in webflow okay. yeah what do you think Why about not? it i think i think i think it's it's quite interesting yeah. and it sounds like a natural evolution so instead of drag and dropping things drag drag and dropping things you just like give like instructions vocally or written and uh and yeah the, the, the website is building itself cool yeah it makes sense Last one, story.ai. Write your own story with AI. Tell us what you want the story to be about. Um, who are the characters in your story? When does the story take place? And Too many where? inputs. Any story theme. I mean, I mean, I, mean I, I don't use AI to first have to enter like 25 inputs. Yeah. So how else would you structure the input process? I would just do a fucking prompt. Yeah. I, I wonder though, like who uses this you could say that story writers use this or movie directors but do they use let's say they use ai um first of all then this would make me very scared that their job is going to just be reduced within half a year or one year um yeah i, I read some really interesting um articles mm -hmm. about authors that say you know ai using these story tools just makes their life much easier but we talked about this like three months ago. We we both think that the way of consuming content is going to massively change over the next over the yeah. next decade. So I think this is just a this is nice. Not even decade. I don't think anybody's going to use this. Maybe over the next like two, maybe just over the next like two or three years, it's going to be huge already. Maybe yeah. it's it's a hard time like evolution to understand how fast it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. What is a story with AI? Domain name is cool. Mm. Good ladies and gentlemen, today's pod was about building crazy good community, building in public, 
creating a project that just learns over time and using the power of low ego, I would say, and mm -hmm. compounding, compounding day after day after day, and then becoming a high net worth individual in Web3. So DGods is a great example of how any one of you can build in Web3 with very high likelihood of success just by learning, just by building, just by connecting, and just by being 1% better every day. Um, everybody that is listening, guys, we want to also become 1% better every day. Leave us your feedback in the Airtable forum below. Subscribe to our newsletter. We're going to publish more case studies. We're also going to switching from Substack to another email uh, provider. And yeah, a lot of happening, a lot of stuff happening for Tugan and Apollo. Closing words what? from you. Yeah, one small thing. Don't be a soy boy crypto Twitter. Take fucking responsibility for your life. Take just responsibility. Like, just, and, and if something is important for your life, if something is, 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 is a big domino that should like unlock things into your life, you need to be sure that you have some control over this domino, some like impact over it. If you count on some like investment to make you rich, you know, after all, why not? But make sure like, okay, do you research the shit? Yes, no. Can you influence the outcome? You know, if you invest in a crypto project, you can influence the outcome. You can contribute. You can become a community leader within the project. So. Take fucking responsibility. If you don't take fucking responsibility and you just hope that some government or some charismatic leader will guide you to the light, um, usually it doesn't end very well. Good. Take responsibility. Now is the time to build. Now is the best point in history to put yourself in a position for generational wealth to come. And that comes yeah. through taking responsibility and building. See you in the next episode. Have a beautiful weekend. See you. Bye.